Hi friends, and welcome to the She Lives Purposefully podcast, a place for you to be encouraged and equipped in your walk with Christ. I'm your host, Megan. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the She Lives Purposefully podcast. My name is Megan and I am so excited that you are here and just for today's conversation and today's episode, it is going to be so incredibly powerful. I am just giddy. I'm actually recording this intro before I actually have my interview with Gracia. Usually I'll record it after the interview, um, but I'm recording it before and I can't even tell you how excited I am for this conversation with her. Well, I realized that I said her name and I told you I'm excited about this conversation, but I want to tell you a little bit about Gracia before we welcome our conversation into this episode Gracia Burnham is the person that we're talking with today, and she is a missionary who was held hostage and was in captivity for over a year. I believe it was 375 days. She is a widow, a mother, a grandmother, a speaker, an author, and a friend of my sweet Grammy, um, who actually led the way to this our introduction and this conversation. She has been featured in Answers in Genesis, the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Christian Broadcasting Network, CNN, National Geographic, CBS News, and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and so much more. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I'm so excited to have this conversation. We're going to be talking more about her story, what she learned, spiritual lessons that she learned during captivity, what God has done in her life since then, and then even talking about the Lord's faithfulness in difficult times, in tragic times. So I'm really excited about this conversation, and I'm so thankful that you are here for it. I am so thankful for each and every one of you, for all of your subscribes, your listens, your reviews, and your shares, doing all of that. And this is going to be an episode you're going to want to do that with. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. But doing all that helps the podcast to reach more women to encourage and equip them in their walk with Christ. So I am so thankful when you do that. And I'm just so thankful that you are here and that you are listening. I hope and pray that this conversation with Gracia will be an encouragement and will equip you in your own walk with Christ. And I'm just so confident that it will be. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Gracia. Grisha, thank you so much for coming on the She Lives Purposefully podcast. It is an honor for you to be here. I said it in the intro earlier and we talked a little bit about it, um, but you know my Grammy, you met my family, and I'm so thankful for that because that gave way to this conversation. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, because of your Grammy, I'm talking with you today. <laughs> <laughs> She's so sweet. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad. Um, but yeah, so I would love to hear um, if you could tell us just a little bit about you, about you today, but also diving into um, your work as a missionary would be fantastic. And then if you could tell your story, um, if you would, about being taken hostage and captivity and... and um, Every everything that that happened in that time too that would be fantastic. Sure, um, I was your normal, typical Midwest gal, um, interested in serving the Lord. Um, I just wanted to do what God wanted me to do mm-hmm. in my life. I'm a pastor's daughter, and uh, just grew up loving the Lord and um, wanting to know Him more and. So all that led me to Calvary Bible College. It's Calvary University in Kansas City now. And it was there that I met Martin Burnham, 
Martin was a missionary kid from the Philippines. And uh, MKs, you know, missionary kids are a breed all their own. <laughs> and I just fell in love with just how he wasn't trying to impress anyone, just the way he was. And, um, you know, long story short, we fell in love and got married just after he graduated there at Calvary. And he'd grown up in a tribal village in the Philippines, went away to boarding school at Faith Academy in Manila, and um, wanted to go back. And I was so happy to to go and um, try to make his life a success. That's what I felt I was called to. Mm. Um, I didn't especially even feel called to missions. I felt called to Martin. Mm. And whatever Martin did, whatever God called him to do, I wanted to be his helper and make it a success. So we went back as missionary pilots. He was a jungle pilot and he flew food and medicine and cargo into some of the most primitive places in the world. You know, think of everything that you buy in a month for you. If you were living out in the jungle and had no way to get it, we were we were the ones that bought your groceries and your medicines and things and boxed it up and flew it into them. And we love that. We did that for 17 years with New Tribes Mission. They've changed their name recently. Ethnos 360 is our new name. And um, yeah, we loved our work and we loved our ministry. We had three children born while we were in the Philippines. And then came, then came our captivity. You ready for me to launch into that or I, do you have yeah. other questions? No, yeah. Um, first I do, I want to say, um, you just said Calvary Bible College. I went to a Calvary Bible College. I don't know if it's the same, um, I don't know, like group. But, yeah, I just thought that was a, a fun connection there. And I, too, just loved your heart to, like you were saying, just jump into whatever the Lord had for you to do and whatever he had your husband to do. Just such an open hands, like open heart mentality. I, I just love that so much. Um, do you feel like you had always had that or was that something that you grew in just this willingness to serve the Lord fullheartedly? You know, I just always wanted to say yes to the Lord. Yeah. Whatever he called me to do, I just wanted to say yes. And um, I'm, I'm not certain I'm always good at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to deny yourself. It's hard to take up your cross every day and follow the Lord. But that's what deep down inside of me, that's what I want. So um, even today, you know, that's what I want. I want to say yes to the Lord. So, um, and no, it's not easy for anyone to do that because we want to work towards being comfortable and making life work for us. And, Mm. um, you know, all the things we get sucked into, even good things, right? But, um, yeah, I, I wanted... I want to please the Lord. He's he's done everything for me, provided salvation, gave me the mercy and the grace to get up today, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I want my life to please him. Yeah, I love, no, I love that. I think so 
often we can get, like you said, caught up even in good things, but caught up in life or just wanting to please ourselves so often. But I like what you said even at the end there, um, how he's done so much for you. Even even providing salvation alone is more than enough for us to, you know, serve serve him. And he's done so much more than that. And I think that's such a good check for so many of us who can easily get caught up. And I guess that's everybody, but um, just the reminder of like, why do I want to say yes to the Lord? Why am I serving the Lord? Why am I choosing to give him everything? Because he gave me everything. Um, so I, I just love, I love that you said that. Um, but yeah, so let's... And, and oh, serving yeah. the Lord can look, can look very mundane. Or um, I remember when we first got to the mission field, one of my dear friends said, Gracious, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do today is make a cake for your husband. So when he comes home after a hard day of flying, he comes into a house that smells good, you, you know, to encourage him. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I think we di- differentiate, you know, this is a, our spiritual walk and this is our our everyday. You know, those merge. Um, you, you do what you do today hardly as to the Lord and he gets the glory. So it's not like you have to even figure out, oh, this is for the Lord and this is for me. Um, you you serve him uh, with whatever you do. Yeah, I, I love that merging the two. It's, yeah, one and the same. He should be in every aspect. I love to just, I think that's such an encouragement because I think there's so many um, women who are listening. It's been some of our like biggest episodes I guess of people who feel like they're just in the mundane and and what that should look like in in serving the Lord so I love that you said that too like sometimes it is just the mundane but you you're still serving the Lord in that doing it heartily and unto him I love that I love that amen amen yeah so yeah if you would it would be such an honor to hear you tell your story in in what happened um I think it was your 18th was it wedding anniversary yeah 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 that would be yeah um Martin had been asked to go fly on a different island than we normally flew on uh the pilot down there had an emergency and Martin was happy to do that um I went with him we left our children with our neighbors our co-workers and went down to Palawan to fly um our anniversary rolled around and everyone had been telling us about Dos Palmas, a beautiful island resort. We've never done anything touristy down there. We just normally went down there and worked hard and came home and we thought, you know, we're going to go out to Dos Palmas um, to celebrate our anniversary. And while we were out there, um, militant Muslims stormed the resort where we were staying and took mm, about 20 of us hostage. It wasn't just Martin and I, they they um, landed in their speedboat and um, just took all of us who were in those cottages built on stilts out over the water, took us to the waiting speedboat. And as we pulled away from the dock, they, Allah Akbar, you know, raised their mm-hmm. arms in the air and. So we knew immediately who had us. It's the Abu Sayyaf. Everyone in the Philippines knows who they are. Okay. Um, militant Muslims who've declared jihad in that area of the world. And we knew we were in big trouble. And we were um, for the next year, more than a year. 
we were held hostage by these guys um, running for our lives through the jungle, enduring gun battles, sleeping on the jungle floor, drinking dirty river water um, in fear of our lives. And it was just a, a very interesting year. Um, a whole year, wow. Our yeah. year. <laughs> and um, after a year, the, our 17th gun battle, um, my husband Martin died in that gun battle. And I was wounded, but rescued and got to come home and raise my children wow. by God's grace. Mm. So that that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. So that that was that you said that was the final battle. Was it like people were coming to to rescue you in that? Is that what the gunfire was? Yes. Every time we had a gun battle, it was the Philippine military who were trying to rescue us. Okay. And, um, but somehow, um, I, I think maybe they didn't know how to do hostage rescue. There was never selective gunfire. Yeah. It was, they would find us and it was Rambo style, you know, just shoot up the camp. Yeah. And we've been through 16 of those gun battles and we knew that Someday those bullets weren't going to miss. They mm. were going to find us. And um, each gun battle we knew after it that God was gracing us with one more day of life. Mm. And we were just really begging God to, um, number one, teach us what he had to teach us there. And number two, let one of us go home to raise our children. Mm. We didn't want our kids to be orphans. And... You know, it's one thing for Martin and I to give up things for the sake of the gospel. It's another thing to to watch your children give that up. You know, we have to sacrifice our children as well. But we were really asking God to to not let our children be orphans after this whole episode. And, you know, by God's grace, one of us went home. Yeah, yeah, wow. Wow, I feel like there's just so many, so many thoughts running through my head. Just for for context too, this was was this around this was around 2001. Is that mm. okay? Yes, 9/11 happened while we were in the jungle, okay. and we heard about 9/11. Yeah. Um, actually, two guys came into the camp several days before what happened here in America happened with the planes flying into the Twin Towers. Yeah. And the leaders of our group knew that something was going to happen wow. in America. Yeah. They didn't tell us that, but um, they had their radios on the day that it happened and um, called Martin over, actually. And um, he listened for a long time on Voice of America. That's what they had tuned into to okay. listen. So we knew that something awful had happened yeah. in the States. Of course, there was much rejoicing there. Yeah. They pulled one over on America, oh, which right. was, they they loved that. Wow. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. And you had said, I had, I had read or um, heard that you knew, I guess, or you didn't know, but realized later on that there were, especially I think as news started to come out about your captivity, 
so many people praying for you and your husband as well. Um, when did you realize that that was happening? Um, yeah, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that too? We actually didn't know in the jungle. Of course, we knew our families yeah. and our mission organization. We knew New Tribes Mission was praying for us and the ripple effect. But when we got out, um, I arrived at the the airport in Kansas City after my long flight back, after they bandaged me up and sent me home. And here was this crowd of people at the airport. And I was shocked. I, I didn't expect that. And of course, the news media everywhere. And then they followed us back to our little town of Rose Hill, Kansas. Wow. And people were lining the streets. Um, and waving and, you know, the signs, we prayed for you. And there were pray for the Burnham signs everywhere. And then, of course, at Martin's funeral, it was huge. I expected just a few people at Rose Hill Bible Church. And it was this huge event with cameras outside. And again, people lining the streets. And that's when I realized that God had touched people's hearts to pray for us. And I really don't think we would have survived mm -hmm. our hardship if people hadn't been praying. And um, that's what I tell people now. When you're going through a hard time, don't go through it alone. Don't keep it hidden. Tell someone. Get people praying for you because when we pray, God works. Mm -hmm. And um, when two or more of you are praying about the same thing, um, well, even by if it's just you praying, we have Christ who sits at the right hand of the throne of God praying for us. Yeah. And if we could hear Jesus in the next room praying for us, we wouldn't be afraid of anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I, we thought about that several times in the jungle. If we could hear Jesus praying for us right now, we wouldn't be afraid here. Um, so, yeah, just so thankful for the people who prayed and cared and yeah. lifted us up we need each other don't we yeah amen that that even the everything you're just saying now is such an encouragement um i love how you were saying you know like if we could hear jesus like interceding for us you know how how much more i guess fear free and and all of that we we would be that's really beautiful thank you for telling your story i i know it's a very incredibly tragic and heavy and heavy thing there's no words for it and I'm sorry for everything that you have gone through yeah there's there's no words so thank you very much for being gracious enough to tell it and to tell it here um I would love to talk about too just things that you learned whether it was in captivity and you talked about even something like this like knowing that you know Jesus is interceding and Jesus is with you and how much that changes everything when you're going through something hard and in, in your situation, absolutely tragic. But yeah, anything that you learned during that time and to what the Lord has done in your life since then um, and, um, and how he has. And I, I think I remember reading, you know, somewhere your concern is his glory, you know, like you want the Lord to be glorified. So how yeah. he, everything that he's done in you and through you since, since that time. Yeah, well, people sometimes ask, what, what do you think the main thing that, mm. that God was doing in your heart was while you were in the jungle? And I think God was showing me myself. Mm. 
you know, we were missionaries. We'd given up the American dream and we'd gone and lived in hardship for 16 years. And I think I was pretty, I thought I was pretty tough stuff. You know, I was doing this great thing for God. And then Mm. everything was taken away, everything except Martin. And when everything's gone and you're in an uncomfortable position, you find out what's really in your heart. And what I found out was the ick just surfaced and it was shocking. And um, God used Martin so many times during our, our time of captivity. I think some of us live with these wonderfully godly men, but we don't even see it, um, you know, because life gets in the way, you know, they, they don't help with the dishes or leave their dirty clothes hanging around or whatever. But in the jungle, I saw Martin's Christ likeness. Um, one day he said to me, Gracia, here in the jungle, I've seen injustice. I've seen hatred. I've seen greed. And he started naming all these sins. And I was shaking my head. Yep. Yep. I've seen it thinking he was talking about the Abu Sayyaf. Right. But then he said, I've seen every single one of those things in myself. And we started looking at ourselves and it's like our hearts were just open and all the sin and the ick suddenly showed up and but then I learned about God's grace and of course I knew that I I'd walked with the Lord for so many years but I just saw and understood his grace to us and he knows our frame he remembers that we're dust he knew when he took us into that situation how we would react and what he was going to teach us and how I was going to come out of that changed. And God changed me in the jungle. He just changed my heart and gave me love for my enemies, which sounds so weird and peace in my heart and, um, and courage to face another day. He just gave those things to me. And, um, So in the years to follow, I've been able to find some of the guys who held us captive in a maximum security prison in Manila. And um, I've been able to work with them through an American couple that works in that prison. And um, incredible stories of being able to bless them in different ways to show them the love of Christ. And so far, four, four that we know of, have come to know the Lord as their Savior. Um, a fifth I learned about just a year or two years ago, um, isn't even in the prison. Uh, a pastor in a remote village in the Philippines contacted me and said that a new family had moved into their area. And um, it was a leader of the Abu Sayyaf. And he has changed his name and his whole family's come to know the Lord and they were trying to live a quiet, peaceful life growing with the Lord until someone realizes who he is and he'll need to pay for his crimes. But, um, you know, all that could be happening and I wouldn't even know it. I think God's let me know sort of the rest of the story um, because he loves doing good things for his children. And so, um, 
you know, it, it's never really even about you, maybe. Mm. <laughs> maybe it's about God getting glory somewhere else. And yeah. and we just do our part and God's going to do his part. Yeah. I, I love that you said, first of all, just everything. I'm captivated by um, just one that you had reached out to, to the, the people who took you hostage, I think is just so powerful and and gracious and loving of you and i i love incredible too that they're coming to know the lord which is mind mind blowing and i i feel like those are sometimes things you only hear about in in these far off stories maybe but to be able to have a conversation with you to hear firsthand like the people that took me captive are coming to know the lord some of them which is just incredible the lord is so good But two, I love because something that was running through my mind, I think I just know myself, like I could feel I'm sure, and I don't know if you experienced this um, afterwards and maybe in hearing these things, almost bitterness, you know, of, you know, well, they did these things and, and just being upset about it. But then that perspective, like you said, which I think is so important is to know, like, maybe it's not about us at all. Like, maybe it's just about the Lord's glory and his love for the whole world. Um, and, and I think that just brings everything into perspective just to know, like the Lord, the Lord is going to be glorified and, and everything that he has done in and through you to, to bring him more glory. And, even in something as the tragic situation that you went through, but being able to, to now years later, see what the Lord has done through what so many of us would call like the worst of, you know, like people in so many ways and how the Lord has transformed them. And for you to be able to see firsthand and to have known them before and know what the Lord has done now, just, just so incredible. All of it. I'm, I'm just in awe. Yeah. Yeah. Today I think about the, 200 million people in our world who are being persecuted simply because they named the name of Christ. That's not 2 million, that's 200 million. And they say a further 400 million live under severe religious restrictions. That's 600 million people that we don't even know about who live with courage and live, um, with the same faith we have, faith in a faithful God who um, gave us his word, gave us salvation, took care of our sin problem, and they're not ashamed to let others know, and they have great courage. And, um, you know, carrying our cross and following the Lord has has never been an easy thing. Um, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to face persecution you're going to face trouble but be of good cheer i've overcome the world and all over the world god is overcoming things and he's overcoming things in our hearts today and bad attitudes we have today or or huge struggles you know everybody's carrying some burden and isn't it neat neat to have a burden bearer and someone who has our best interests at heart and who's changing us into his very image and someday um, we're going to be like him. And and I, I can't wait, actually. I can't wait to be like the Lord and yeah. <laughs> not have this struggle anymore. 
yeah, it, it's a good story and it's an honor to tell it. Yeah. And um, sometimes I don't like packing the bag and getting on the airplane, but I like telling the story because yeah. um, hopefully God's getting the glory. You're oh right. Oh my gosh. No, he, he absolutely is. I want to talk about something too, because you talked about how, you know, the Lord is faithful and I would love for you, if you could, to talk more about like seeing his faithfulness whether it's despite or even in something tragic happening, I think a lot of times people, you know, there's the question, like, if the Lord is good, like, why do bad things happen? Kind of that very common question. That's something that transparently in hard times in my own life, I've struggled with, like, the Lord's goodness if, quote unquote, things aren't going good in my own life, which can seem silly in the big, you know, I think we live in such a bubble sometimes, at least, yeah. But anyway, all that to say, it's such a common question. And and I, I would love if you could talk about like how the Lord is faithful and the Lord is good and he is gracious, even when, you know, it's not about us, but like even when hard things happen in our own life. Yeah, um, that was a big lesson for me. I think it was week 10. I think I'd given God about six weeks to get us out of that problem and he didn't do it. Yeah. And um, so then I started questioning everything I believed. Um, if, if God has our best interests at heart, if he's faithful, why am I here after 10 weeks? Um, if scripture says, if you ask anything according to my will, I will do it. If you ask anything, I will do it. Mm -hmm. And we were asking and he wasn't doing it. And it wasn't working for me. And I had a real crisis of faith, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I started thinking that God didn't love me because mm -hmm. if he loved me, I, we would be out of this pit. And um, that led to depression and and faithlessness and just a real downward spiral. And one day I was at the river, just um, going through all this in my mind. And Martin came and sat down beside me and said, Gracia, it's so glad, it's, it's so sad to see you giving up your faith. And I said, oh, I'm not giving up my faith. I still think God made everything and, and he, he rules. I just, think he doesn't love me because mm -hmm. here we are and Martin said oh seems to me you believe it all or you don't believe it at all mm -hmm. he said let's remind ourselves of what is true and we started just quoting scripture to one another um, I've loved you with an everlasting love with loving kindness you've drawn you've drawn me to yourself for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son we just started all those verses on love and that's what I needed was to hang on to God's word which is yeah. true and we have to believe that that's true and we have to receive it as truth and um, I think week 10 was a real um, deciding God's word is true mm -hmm. whether it seems like it's working or not yeah. and uh, just trusting him that he is faithful. We aren't faithful. He is faithful. And um, no matter what we're facing, he is going to be faithful because mm -hmm. he said he would be. Uh, that probably wasn't a very good answer to your question. Mm -hmm. I'll think of a great no. answer tomorrow. <laughs> oh, oh, why, why 
I'd say that <laughs> about God's faithfulness. No, that is, and I think it's so honestly refreshing to hear that you did go through a time where you were struggling with different things in God's word, like his love or his faithfulness. Um, because like I said, I know that I have been through that in, you know, in much lesser situations and, um, yeah, I know so many people have gone through that. So I think it's so refreshing to know that, but too, like, and you talked about how the Lord brought you through it, how you, you know, your husband's such a good husband to speak truth into your life. And I think too, and I know this was true in my own life, but being able to, see the word of God, read those things. And the word of God is alive and it's powerful. And that for me is what the Lord, you know, used. It was just like, almost like lifting off the page when I was reading scripture one day and, and, you know, to be able to recite verses that you knew and truths that you knew and the Lord using his word to, you know, like re-enter your mind and your heart. I think that's so powerful, you know, and, and such a remedy for lack of a better word to combat like the doubts and the fears and the things that we face um so yeah I thought it was a great answer and um, yeah thank you uh, thank you yeah. for sharing that yeah yeah that that's neat God's word is powerful and whatever your need is today his word can um can divide it can show you truth it can uh yeah I love that yeah I love that he left that for us yeah. And what, 2,000 language groups in the world don't have a single word of, a single word of scripture in their dialect. Mm. Still, in our world where we have everything, we have technology, we have houses, we have lands, and there are some people who have never heard that, that there's even a, a God who loves them. Wow. And they, they just live in darkness complete darkness so our job is to is to get the scriptures to them right and to tell them about a savior who took care of their sin problem and their death problem and um yeah that's what we're all about and if we can't go and if we can't give we can pray uh you you can be involved in any ministry you want to in the world without ever leaving your living room Mm -hmm. because you can pray and prayer doesn't need a passport. And when we pray, God works. So, um, you know, in our busy lives, we just pray and ask God to be working in, in different ministries. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's actually a question that I was going to ask you next, you know, as somebody who has been internationally in the mission field, um, and, and it sounds like too, you know, is very much still involved in in missions or in organizations, and and you know, I, I guess just wondering what would you encourage the women who are listening with in maybe how to pray for those who are out, maybe and and even too, I think it was the six hundred million that was oh. was that the right number for for those Christians who are being persecuted or are you know in very intense situations. Um, oh you know, how to pray for them or how to give or organizations that you love that you would love to bring up right now. Yeah, I think, I think that would be. Yeah. And any organization that you're interested in is going to, on their website, have ways to pray. Mm. I know that Voice of the Martyrs um, has, you know, prayer, prayer requests for what's happening in real time 
all around the world. Yeah. Um, New Tribes Mission, Ethnos 360, has prayer requests for, I know that the Malayali people um, in New Guinea just heard the gospel, you know, days ago. And ha many in the village have responded. And here's a whole new people group that knows the Lord now, just in the last week or so. Yeah. And it's just so encouraging. And so any organization that God lays on your heart, they're going to have prayer requests on their website or, um, you know, pray for missionaries that you support or that your church supports the very same way you're praying for yourself. Mm. Oh, Lord, give me courage to get through today when, uh, when I just don't feel it. Or, you know, missionaries are people just like you. So the, the same way you pray for yourself, pray for them overseas and um, see if God would have you to be um, involved. Um, you know, you guys are young. You have your whole lives ahead of you. And there's a place where you can plug in in missions if, if God calls you into that. There's, there's something strategic that you can do that only you can do. And maybe you're raising children that are going to reach a people group with the gospel. Maybe you're just, you know, changing their diapers today and keeping them alive. Uh, so someday down the road, they can have a ministry in with some unreached people group. Uh, what you do is, today is important. And um, yeah, in, in the scheme of it all, it all works together for good when you love the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you yeah, so much for just telling your story and encouraging all of the listeners. This is such a sweet and powerful conversation. Just before we wrap up here too, if you could share where people can find you, maybe a website. I have um, one of your books here too, In the Presence of My Enemies. And we actually just went through Psalm 23 on the podcast and the last verse, you know, setting it a table before in the presence of my enemies. So anyway, I have that here too. And I can put that in the show notes for people to be able to buy it as well. A link there for people, but yeah, anywhere that people can learn more about you, find you, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, org. There's probably more about me than you ever want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my speaking schedule, if I'm ever in your area or whatever. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not hard to find me. <laughs> no, great. That's great. I'll, I'll definitely link that. Thank you so much for, for being on the She Lives Purposefully podcast. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. God bless you, my dears. <laughs>